Ready to rock and roll here. I have come across a, ho- a host of perverts in my career, as one would imagine. Talking about sex and trying to normalize it in this day and age, I am at risk of getting a lot of creeps thinking, well, you know what they're thinking. Yesterday on Facebook, I saw that Sarah Daniels had said, hey, perv creeps, stop emailing me. I absolutely agree with that. Um, so I'd appreciate the same respect. But I've learned of a case recently that even I could never have fathomed, given my 12 or 15 years in this field. In fact, this is so bad that it is ungoogleable. The cyber world knows nothing of this kind of corrupt perversion. The underbelly of Vancouver has revealed itself, but all is not as it appears. Perception is everything. I'll let you be the judge of all this. Not to worry, I am bringing in Dave. Dave is a good friend of mine. Dave.ca is the preeminent social media expert. Just call me Dr. Love. I am your host, Maureen McGrath, and I am going to tell you about Dave and social media and all that this relates to on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. This show could not happen without the fabulous technical production assistance of Mr. Luke Beat. Thank you so much. And as well for all of you, our musical expertise, you know that we have that in common. Luke, anyway, uh, the story that I was referring to earlier is that, you know, there are people in Vancouver, I just learned about this, Vancouver couples who lure unsuspecting women into their little love tryst. Or are they? If you are imagining a creep sitting in a trailer with his smoking wife and a few kids underfoot, not having any idea what's going on, think again. This is more likely an upper-class, well-to-do couple on the west side of Vancouver. They're doing this predatory behavior for their own sexual thrill, if you can believe that. If you're on online dating, beware. Or are they? you got to wonder. You never know who you're talking to on social media or on online dating or who is, in fact, on the other end. End of the text. Anyway, you never know. And this is for you guys, too, because it could be a hairy beast on the other end of that line. Anyway, Dave is going to sort it all out for us. So he'll be getting back to us here on the program at the uh, we're going to be coming up to that at the second half of the program and talking about this pathological behavior. Anyway, um, October is Breast Cancer Month, and October 15th is Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day, the bra day. Hello. I know that. Um, You know what that means. Anyway, it is, however, an opportunity to talk about and raise awareness about breast reconstruction, which you don't think about when somebody is diagnosed with breast cancer. This can help women feel whole again after a mastectomy. Tracy Maloney, she's a 37-year-old mom of two small children, was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer last December a mere 10 months ago. She was diagnosed and treated at the Breast Health Clinic at the Jim Pattison Outpatient Care and Surgical Center in Surrey, which is pioneering a model of fast-tracking breast cancer diagnosis and treatment based on one developed by the European Society of Mastology. And uh, as you know, I'm a registered nurse by training, and I'm very interested in access to care and actually the uh, best care possible for all of British Columbians. Um, I also want to mention um, on that... um, Trace is going to be joining us on the program along with her plastic surgeon, Dr. Paul Oxley, and that'll be about 8.15. I also want to mention that uh, there are lots of patients in British Columbia that suffer with urinary incontinence, leakage of urine. Leakage of urine is never normal. I've had a lot of questions recently, lots of emails about a device that I've talked about um, on a couple of other radio programs and uh, and on a couple of uh, news programs as well. And it is called the Elise device, and it's a TENS device. Not only will it 
help to improve your urinary leakage. It'll increase the strength of your pelvic floor, improve blood flow to your pelvic floor and genitalia, and it perhaps, in fact, may increase sexual satisfaction. And that's what we're all about here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. But at the moment as well, the government is looking for feedback on the Your Voice program. So if you've ever suffered with overactive bladder, frequency, urgency, and nocturia, that means getting up at night to pee, with or without leakage, you may have your uh, overactive bladder. You may have been diagnosed with that. You may have been given medications that, in fact, have dry mouth, significant dry mouth and constipation, which will also increase your risk of urinary incontinence. The only medication covered crosses the blood-brain barrier. It has anticholinergic side effects, which will cause that significant dry mouth and constipation, and it's not pleasant. And therefore, uh, there is a campaign on to ask the government uh, to cover some other medications through Pharmacare. You may not even realize what medications are and are not covered through Pharmacare until you need them. But I urge you to go on to the Your Voice. .ca, um, the government website, and actually uh, complete the questionnaire that they have on there and, and provide your feedback can we, so we can actually improve uh, care for British Columbians, especially if you're getting older. Uh, this may be a big problem if you've had prostate surgery. You may have had overactive bladder. It affects men and women just the same. Anyway, um, I did want to tell you I was really struck this week by a patient who came into my office, and, she, you know, we've all had our hearts broken. Um, we all think our story is the worst. Uh, but I have never seen a case of heartbreak quite like this one. I'm not saying her case was the worst situation because, you know, sometimes things compound in somebody's life. And But I, I will say this this woman was depleted. And, and when she was hit with this curveball from left field, she really had nothing to... Um, Nothing to really withstand this, but she had something inside of her that I thought was outstanding, and that is how I know that she is going to be okay over time. Anyway, she was a young mom, and they were a couple with three kids under the age of five, and he cheats on her. She is devastated. She is absolutely, I mean, she is sobbing. She cannot, she's not told anybody. She's completely embarrassed. Her mother had just died uh, about a month before. She cannot tell her sister. She cannot tell anybody. She is devastated. They are still living together. She sobbed and sobbed in my arms, which is really not typical, I have to say. But, I mean, she just melted there. And that's all she wanted to do and needed to do was to cry. She had suffered so much loss for a young woman in such a brief period of time. Now, the man she had loved since she first laid eyes on him in high school had strayed and she had caught him, okay? She panicked, was losing weight, was not sleeping, all the things that go along with heartbreak and heartache. I actually tweeted Dr. John Weisler, the cardiologist friend of mine who is a frequent guest to this show, and I said, is there a medication for heartbreak? And he, he tweeted back, yes, in fact, there was. So he'll be talking about that when he comes up on the program in a couple of weeks' time. But it's interesting because this woman described she physically felt unwell. She was nauseous. Every single bone ached in her body. And the pain, I could just see it was swirling through her every vein and every single cell. I just felt so badly for her. She didn't tell any of her closest friends. A lot of the visits she felt she uh, was sobbing and trying to tell her story, and it just really broke my heart. Now, we've all had our share of broken hearts. I've had mine. I remember the biggest broken heart I ever had when my boyfriend of two years went to the prom, and if you're American or if you've, even if you've ever heard of the prom, you know what kind of a night that is, but he took somebody else. 
Uh, he was actually a year older than I was and returned to the school to actually take somebody else. Anyway, you got to wonder about people's behavior sometime. Anyway, but I couldn't beat this one. The pain swirled, as I said, through her every cell. And I was trying to tell her that she was releasing the pain, just giving little bits of information because you can't say much in that time. They, they don't absorb much. She actually said she wanted to kill herself, but then she took that back and said she didn't really mean that. Inside somewhere, she knew she would have to be okay for her children, and she knew she would have to overcome this. But I knew that this woman was, in fact, going to be okay. And in these instances, I try and give them just a few Bits of advice, mainly around the delay of any significant decisions and self-care. If she could eat, get out with nature, try and be mindful of her children and that they needed her to be strong. The reason that I knew this girl would survive this, um, this emotionally and become a stronger person in the end was because she placed the blame squarely on the shoulders of her husband, the man who had cheated, the father of her children, the one who had gone outside the committed relationship where they had said this was not on. She said she knew she had done nothing wrong. She had that self-confidence. She had that self-esteem. She had done nothing wrong, and she did not blame the woman he had cheated with, and I had to give her full marks for that. Anyway, she will be coming back to my office. She's going to need a lot of help in terms of support in this grieving process. She's grieving her mom, and she's also grieving what her marriage had looked like. Anyway, when I come back, we're going to going to be speaking to another very strong woman who also had a curveball thrown at her from left field. Uh, We're going to be talking about breast cancer and the devastation of that diagnosis. But the hope, especially in British Columbia, should you be diagnosed and now a new hopeful program. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. People can be so cold. Love that song. Heard you. And desert you. They'll take your soul if you let them. Oh, don't you let them go out by her name. And you'll know wherever I am. I come running, running, running. Yeah, you again. Oh. Welcome back. That's a great song, Carol King. Both of our uh, songwriters tonight uh, have passed. <laughs> anyway, it's always better to be alive. Uh, I say that when people are complaining about their age. I'm like, you know, what is the alternative there? Anyway, I'm Maureen McGrath. I host the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for joining me. I hope you had a great week last week. I certainly did. As usual, I try to look on the bright side of life. Anyway, it's always fun. I had lots of, uh, I'm starting my presentation uh, tour, as you, as it as it were. I'll let you know where I'm going to be this fall, coming up at the end of the show. But um, I started already talking to different groups, men, from everything from menopausal moms to uh, companies, private companies, to uh, lawyers, to um, uh, physicians and physiotherapists. Anyway, the list goes on. So uh, I'll let you know where the upcoming ones are. But I always learn. It's always fun. Always learn. And I do uh, give some quizzes out. So one day I might see if you can pass my quiz. Anyway, um, I'm going to read some emails 
from you later on in the program. But if you want to email me, you can do so at sextalk at cknw.com. If you would like to call me to talk about any of the subjects that I'm talking about tonight, feel free to give me a call. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Did you know today was the run for the cure? That is the breast cancer run. I generally run in that, but I didn't run in that this morning. And I I think because I'm actually getting prepared for a huge presentation on Tuesday at the Terminal City Club on workplace bullying, sexual harassment, some of my favorite subjects. Um, And so I just was focused on that and and didn't run. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, breast cancer is a devastating illness, one in eight women in the province. And especially if you're a young mom, it can be really difficult. It's really difficult at any time of life because it really can shut you down, shut your life down, you know, pretty, pretty rapidly. And that's why I think you have to have, you have to be organized and you have to uh, be on top of it in life because you can get these curveballs, as I say. Dr. Paul Oxley is a plastic surgeon here in British Columbia, and he is uh, on the line with me right now. Hello, Dr. Oxley. Hi. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Oh, great. You are a board-certified plastic surgeon and your plastic surgery practice, and I'll have it any time you like, (laughs) uh, focuses on reconstruction, both trauma and cancer-related breast reconstruction surgery and hand surgery. You're the co-founder of the Plastic Surgery Group, and you work at both Surrey Memorial Hospital here in British Columbia and the Royal Columbian Hospital, and you perform all types of plastic surgery. But you're, in particular, you're working on this program um, a fast track program to start reconstruction for women who've been diagnosed with breast cancer, so to start reconstructing their breasts as soon as possible after a mastectomy. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. So, can you tell me a little bit about that program and and uh, what what can women expect uh, if they en- are entered into that program? Sure. The program is uh, centered at Surrey um, in Surrey at the Jim Patterson Outpatient Center. And the program there, any patient who's identified with having a lump um, by themselves or by their family doctor can be referred to that clinic. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that within two weeks of them being referred or basically two weeks of them finding the lump, they have a tissue diagnosis. They've already had all of their mammograms, any other tests that are required within that two-week period of time. And then further to that, within two weeks after that, they have had their surgery. And within that um, surgical option, they are given the option of having breast reconstruction done, and that is where my team comes in. Okay, so not not everybody chooses then, or they, they, they're given a choice whether they want to have breast reconstruction surgery. All the women that come through the, the breast health program at Jim Pattison are given the choice of having breast reconstruction. Um, there are quite a few places in British Columbia that don't have the option of offering breast reconstruction. Uh, especially in smaller communities that are further away from major centers where there aren't plastic surgeons, um, they quite often don't have the option for immediate reconstruction, but then we will see them as well for a delayed reconstruction option. And this can really help a woman's self-esteem and and really help her to heal, to have this fast track uh, in terms of diagnosis and treatment and reconstructive surgery. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can't imagine anything more terrifying than finding a lump in anywhere on my own body and and to find one in the breast which is so tied into a woman's self of or sense of self um is that much more frightening as well when it happens at such a young age and i think that when they're given the option of 
starting that reconstructive process right away so that they're not having to live one day without um, at least the, the beginning of something new there. Um, I think that's a great advantage to the patient. It certainly is. And uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, a lot of women. How many, about how many women have gone through this program? Um, the total number that have gone through this, the, the whole program, I'm not too sure. I know our office, um, my group has been involved with this program since its inception. And currently the four or the five surgeons now that are in my office treat approximately 160 women a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our maximum, our, our high point was unfortunately about 200 patients. Um, but uh, it's about 160 patients a year that we see and that we get through the reconstructive process. Uh, and, and you're having good outcomes? And For the most part, we're very happy with our outcomes. I think our patients are happy that they're, they're being seen um, right away and that we're able to offer this service. Um, the, the ones who come to see us for uh, delayed reconstruction almost unanimously say that they wish they'd had the option for the immediate reconstruction. So I'm happy that we're able to provide that for them. Absolutely. Um, and one woman who I know is very happy that you provided it for her is Tracy Maloney, and she joins me on the line as well. Tracy's a 37-year-old mom of young children who was diagnosed last December with stage 4 breast cancer. Hey, Tracy, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Listen, you ran in the uh, Run for the Cure this morning, as I understand it. I did. I'm Uh, still exhausted. (laughs) Good for you. Well, that's women. We're always exhausted anyway. (laughs) Um, So, well, good for you. Thanks for joining me on the show and raising awareness about this. You must have been devastated when you were hit with this diagnosis at such a young age. I think that's the thing that really devastated me was the fact that it seemed so unexpected. I went and saw my general practitioner um, after finding a lump and really kind of being, oh, you know, it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. And then my general practitioner said the same thing. Ah, sure, it's nothing. And then next thing you know, he's like, you know, let's just get the mammogram just in case and got that done. And then December 27th um, to go to find out that it was breast cancer. It was uh, probably the worst day of my life. And to deliver that news to my family, who was here visiting for Christmas. And um, to think that whole, until I really met with Dr. Jansen from the Jim Patterson Clinic and Dr. Oxley from the um, plastic surgeon's uh, office, they gave me a lot of reassurance. But from actually from diagnosis to meeting with them were the worst days. And how long was that about? I was really lucky, even though it was over the holidays, Mm -hmm. I saw the Dr. Jansen, I think, on the 30th, and uh, Dr. Oxley probably on the 3rd or 4th. I say so pretty darn quick in, in terms quick. of, yeah, yeah, access. Yeah. And then I had my double mastectomy on January 21st. Wow, that is amazing. That's it, really, it, really fast. Yeah, it gives you great faith in the system. And so tell me, um, we with um, losing your breasts and having the rapid reconstruction surgery, this has to impact somebody's sexuality and somebody's intimacy relationship with their partner or husband. Um, how how did that affect you? What what were you thinking in terms of sexuality and well, when, body um, image, ask, which is huge for women? Yeah, well, when somebody asked me to be on the show, I, I thought about that extensively because it, that's actually kind of exactly where I'm at in the process. I've had the reconstruction. Dr. Oxley did an amazing job. I, I'm really happy with the results. But I still have this disconnect between, okay, that was my old body. I had sensation in my chest. Mm-hmm. I'm now with my husband, who's wonderful about the whole process. But it still doesn't mean that my head has gotten around that. And so um, I think the mastectomy kind of like puts you at a zero. The breast reconstruction starts to build the blocks. And now I'm at that point 
where, okay, so the breasts are now back, um, but I don't feel the same. So I'm working on it. It's, it's a progress. And I'm, because I'm putting effort, I think I'll be successful. Um, but it's not quite there yet. And you haven't gone through the four seasons. I always say with any pain or any trauma or any loss or, you know, when you have suffered loss, the, your health as you once knew it and also your breast and your body, um, going through the four seasons does certainly help. And so it's really 10 months time uh, that you've gone through all this. So it is a process. Oh, it absolutely is a process. And like emotionally, it's it highs and lows. Uh, intim- intimacy is incredibly difficult through the whole process because after the mastectomy, it's gone. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? And yet, you know, my husband is still here. He's still my husband. Yeah. I still want to have an intimate relationship with him. And That's how great. do I do that with and tissue expanders? Exactly. So weird. Well, listen, Tracy and Dr. Paul Oxley, thank you so much for talking. We're going to go to break. I really appreciate your candor and uh, sharing your story. And hopefully that will help a lot of other women in British Columbia. And hopefully we will end this disease. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Loving you. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, Dr. Love, as some people refer to me. Anyway, I want to start with your emails. Maureen, my wife has been going through menopause for a few years now. Our sex life has decreased incrementally as the years go on. I'm a healthy 60-year-old with a very healthy sex drive. My wife is an extremely healthy and fit 58. In fact, she is still as gorgeous as she was when she was in her 20s to 30s. Beautiful in body and looks, which makes the situation even harder for me. Excuse the play on words. I don't think I will have intercourse again. I have never cheated on her, but I have checked out that website that promotes extramarital affairs though I don't think I could do this to my wife. The last time we tried sexual intercourse, it was extremely painful for her, which did not make the experience pleasurable. I have not even broached the idea of trying again since then because I don't want her to do something that has no pleasure for her, and for her to do it as an automation would be unthinkable and lack respect. She doesn't even want to engage in mutual masturbation or me fondling her for my pleasure. Have I any hope for this situation? Neil, yes, Neil, you do. Neil, you got to listen to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show just a little more often, perhaps with your wife. Uh, now, there's an idea because I want to tell you that uh, vaginal dryness is a common condition. According to NAMS, the National Association of Menopause Society, women can have vaginal dryness at age starting at age 31. It can happen after pregnancy, but it's most common during the perimenopausal years and then even more common postmenopausally. In the average age for menopause, depending on what study you look at, is around 53 or 54 years of age. So it looks as though your wife at age 58 is postmenopausal. What happens is the estrogen receptors decrease in the urogenital tract, which includes the vaginal wall, which makes for vaginal dryness, recurrent urinary tract infections, burning, itching, and what thin watery discharge some women also get uh postcoital bleeding so uh after intercourse they may bleed a little bit but vaginal dryness is the hallmark symptom of this the treatment is low dose localized estrogen therapy in the form of a pill a ring or some cream which is not the systemic estrogen that women use for their menopausal symptoms such as hot flashes and heart palpitations and insomnia and crying and all of those other symptoms that are associated with menopause. But this is strictly, it's like moisturizer for the vagina. Being a vagina whisperer, I feel that it is vital to have a healthy vagina. So it takes about two to three months 
to optimize this medication. In other words, a woman has to start on it daily, at, at night actually, nightly for two weeks, and then switch to twice a week on a Monday and a Thursday to even out the level of uh, estrogen. So it's literally low dose approved by the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada, and it will help your wife to not only feel better, because the other thing is not just women who are sexually active or who were sexually active who experience painful sex in the condition known as vaginal atrophy. Uh, The other point I want to make is this is lifelong therapy. This is the only condition of men or symptom of menopause that does not get better like the other ones. In fact, this one will get worse. So it's really important that a woman have a well-estrogenized vagina all through her life. It affects about 49% of postmenopausal women. So, Neil, I do think that your wife can go off to her general practitioner, tell her Maureen sent her, and that she likely has a condition because she has the hallmark symptom of vaginal atrophy. So that low-dose localized estrogen therapy in the form of a cream or ring or a tablet, will work for her. Anyway, so what we like to do is promote sex around here, but that can get me into a little bit of trouble. And recently, I uh, was made aware of a situation where um, a bizarre, in my mind, bizarre couple engaged in luring unsuspecting women online. Um, it was a little bit suspicious, and, and some antennas were raised, in fact. Um, but this is supposedly increases their arousal. and uh, But they don't necessarily tell the women about this. They just kind of lead the women on or send um, strange emails or send flowers or gifts to the woman's office, um, and but never actually really appear. Anyway, and of course your first thought is, um, you know, this one of the uh, couple is, is mar- or, the, or the person who's doing this is married, and so you're suspicious about this. Um, this, again, of course, is uh, from a patient in my office who told this story. Um, of course, I encouraged her to push this. I said, well, yeah, yeah, it sounds like he's married. Push it, push it. You know, like, you know, match emotion with emotion. Whatever he's saying, you got to say back, uh, even though that was difficult for her. And in fact, she actually replaced herself with a him because she was too scared to do it herself. Anyway, so you never know. My point is you never know who you're talking to on social media. And here to help me with that is not only my good friend Dave, uh, but he is just the, what can I say about this guy? He's the president of Dave.ca, communications social media specialist, as heard on CFAX, BC1, and occasionally on CKNW with his totally awesome social media show. And I'm fortunate to have him join me here tonight and sort out all of this predatory behavior. Or is it predatory behavior? Or is it just an excuse to find out that your husband had his pants down when you didn't want him to or you didn't expect him to? Um, this predatory behavior, this is it catching him cheating? Is it catfishing? And what is catfishing? And anyway, all of this online dating risk that we're facing today. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? Hey, doing well, Morgan. How about you? <laughs> oh. I couldn't be better, actually. <laughs> but I, you know, you know me, Dave. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of always like that, anyway. Well, you are the vagina whisperer, so you should. <laughs> anyway, somebody's got to whisper to the vaginas. I mean, it's really important <laughs> that the vaginas are healthy, and men got to care about that too. Anyway, well, thanks for joining me, and uh, I, I'm thrilled to have you here to uh, 
uh, you know, tell us about this online dating, this sexting, this texting, this whole thing about, you know, uh, this whole new thing of we think it's some creep in a trailer that's, you know, luring women, but we find out it's an upper class couple on the west side of Vancouver who is luring women. Um, you know, are these stories true? Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> the challenge with our digital world is who is actually on the other end? And we see this uh, at all age levels, at all different walks of life. How truthful are we? I mean, think about our Facebook profiles. You know, we, we only put the best foot forward. Um, and in this case, you're talking about catfishing. And just to let everyone know what catfishing is, is basically putting out lies and to attract someone in. So this isn't, there's no exchange of money. There's nothing fraud, sorry, there's nothing illegal potentially going on. Really? Are you sure it's not illegal? Because I think predatory behavior is in fact illegal. And I'm going to ask the former attorney general this week. I'm having lunch with him. Hi <laughs> to Mr. Opal for me. I will. I will. <laughs> but the, the, this is the problem. I mean, there's yet to be, at least that, that I'm aware of, of, of strict catfishing. So let me, let me illustrate probably one of the most famous examples is a football player down the States. His name was Matai, oh, I'm butchering his name, Matai Tayo. I um, know I just butchered his name. But he became famous uh, about two years ago when, in the same day that his grandmother passed away, he announced that his girlfriend had also passed away. <laughs> and he said that, you know, he'd been with this girl for three years. As time went on, people were questioning him, wait, I've never seen him with this girl. And the whole story came out that for three years he just had this online relationship with this woman. A couple of times he had received voicemails from a female. Pictures were exchanged. At the end of all of this, it was found out that uh, a man uh, or a, a kind of a relation that he had known had set him up for three years just to, per- to perpetrate this sick joke. And why? It, there was really no explanation other than the guy who, who created the hoax just said, well, you know, it started as a joke and it just kept going and I just made it go and I wanted it to end. So I killed her off <laughs> and thought that would be the end of it. But, of course, it it gained national, if not international, exposure. So fast forward to kind of what we see now on dating sites. Okay, Dave, 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 I got to stop you. No worries. Dave, (laughs) there's got to be something wrong with that football player to have an imaginary girlfriend. I, I know fantasy's normal, and I promote it, and I think it's fine. But to have an imaginary girlfriend for three years? So now we're dealing with pathology, bilateral pathology, if you will. Jeez, you're using big words with confusing. But <laughs> sorry, what, what he sickness. Had is he had, he had felt it was a relationship because they communicated dozens of times a day, and in his mind, even though they hadn't met, this was her his girlfriend. So were yeah, they exchanging photographs? They exchanged photographs. Uh-huh. You know, and he was somewhat of a national. I don't want to say celebrity, but he he was quite a, a high profile yeah, yeah. football I know. player. I so, know him. Yeah. So, anyways, this went back and forth for years. And that's the problem. But we give ourselves up to this potential fraud online because we post dozens, if not hundreds, of pictures of ourselves on Facebook and and all the other social networks. So one of the biggest scams that are out there now is using Tinder and any of these other sort of dating sites where the person will go in under perhaps his or her real identity at first and find some targets. And what I mean by that is, so say you say that, you know, you're a lonely woman in her 30s who likes, you know, classical music and walks on the beach and maybe something obscure. Magically, this profile may appear a day or two later where it hits everything that you want or everything that you're interested in. 
And then this just goes on and on for a while where they communicate through social media. They set, you might even set up meetings. And this is in the case of uh, the football player, the same thing happened. They had meetings scheduled and they never consummated. They, they, they never, I didn't mean consummate like that, but they never yeah. showed up yeah. for the meetings uh, or the lunch dates or anything. And why are people doing this? It's just a sick hoax and scam. And but- unfortunately, the anonymous nature of social media and the ability to pass yourself off as someone that they're not is so easy that some people are doing this and it's called catfishing. Yes. Now, um, it's interesting because I was at Dave Sa- uh, Dan, Sa- Dave, Dan Savage's uh, event, you know, Lovecast and the Northwest podcast uh, yesterday. And of course, the research and the research that Dr. Lori Broder has done at the University of British Columbia is that, you know, we don't want to marry our best friends. We don't want, that's not the best relationship, the one where we both love to play the violin and we both love to ski and we both love to mountain bike and we both love to play tennis and we both play the guitar. It's more, in fact, on opposite. If he likes to read, you know, you like music. If someone likes to bike ride, you ski. So the opposite is what, so it's interesting where, you know, this this is why this research is so important to advise people that if it seems too good to be true, it is too good to be true. If this guy comes along and he's a you know a maestro in an orchestra and you're a violinist you know this may not be uh right for you but uh somebody who is has different interests than you have that that you may be sexually attracted to that is the most important aspect in a relationship um that you know we may don't choose somebody who you know uh loves cars the way you do well, and this is the, you know, absolutely, there's so much in here, and I can only speak from the social media side of things, so the advice I'd give to people is if it seems too good to be true and the person's not meeting with you and they're not able to do phone calls and it's all through text messaging, you're not and even the, sure who's on the other end. Exactly. Maybe and, this is not the right person. And another you. sign, another sign that um, I, I know from some of the research is that, um, you know, they, they text and text and text and boom, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like they fall off a turnip truck. <laughs> Yeah, they just <laughs> so they got their thrill, or maybe yeah. that's the thrill. And um, but this idea that women and we can I want to hang on the line, Dave. Sure. And um, that this that women are involved and that women are actually supporting their male partners going out and luring somebody in to the relationship, whether it be a fantasy or not. I mean that constitutes violence against women or then i have to question is it in fact that or is it that just the husband has gotten caught with his pants down anyway we're going to talk about that when i return i'm maureen mcgrath you're listening to the cknw sunday night sex show okay welcome back i am joined uh on the line by my good buddy dave dave.ca dave.ca is the president of dave.ca communication social media specialist and he's heard on you can hear him on Every week on CFAX BC1 and occasionally, and more than occasionally now, because he's coming on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, because we're talking about this subject. This is an important subject. Women need to be made aware about this. And I say about this issue that we're talking about, and this is, relates to online dating, and this, I talked about it last week, chronic dating syndrome. This, this constant, they're, they're always texting, they're emailing, they're sending you cards, they're sending you gifts to your office, they're, you know, leaving notes on your car. Um, so I, you know, but something suspicious, you think, and I'm always like, okay, they're married. So what I say is rouse him and learn the principle of his activity or inactivity. Force him to reveal himself so as to find out his vulnerable spots. If she answers his text, 
You got your answer, baby. Anyway, I wish I had made that uh, quote, but it was Sun Tzu from The Art of War, one of my favorite books. Anyway, Dave, so uh, you're back on. Let's uh, help me figure this out. It's a large, <laughs> I wish I could figure it out for everyone. I mean, it, it's again, it goes back to the anonymous nature and sort of our desire to want to connect with people. So we believe, we've put ourselves out there and we believe that other people have the same noble intentions that we do. And the anonymous nature of social media and the internet or even texting for that matter. I mean, it's unbelievable how many times people will text back and forth and they think they're talking to someone and they're not. And, and just before Who the are they talking to then? Well, that's the problem, right? Because it is just. <laughs> oh, they so think they're talking to one person and talking to and another. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even with this whole catfishing, there's various websites that are, are for just the perverse pleasure of people to post all their catfishing exploits. Lovely. So they'll post the text messages. They'll post the emails. It's almost like, a, and, I, and I've said this before on other programs, we're sort of in the jackass generation in the sense that we get our entertainment at the uncomfort, uh, uncomfortableness, if that's a word, mm-hmm. of others. So if we can embarrass someone or, or somewhat mildly hurt someone, that's entertainment. And in this yeah. case with catfishing, that's what it is. So whether someone's doing it for perverse uh, uh, sexual rise or if they're doing it just to be malicious, you're not sure. But it is happening out there, and the best way you can protect yourselves is, yes, make the connection online, be it through Tinder or, or Plenty of Fish or any of those other sites. But at some point, to make this thing real, you have to meet. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, that needs to happen. Yeah, and um, I... You know, I do a lot of work around raising awareness about violence against women. And I always say women will end the violence against women. And when I heard this situation that this allegedly this woman, this patient of mine who told me that a woman or as she went through and tried to figure it out over time, that she felt that the woman was the one who was supporting her partner or husband or the male or whatever, who maybe they might have been two women. They might have been two men. Who knows? Um, but luring that woman was supporting her husband, luring other women in that promotes violence against women. That is not has nothing to do with the sisterhood. That is never going to promote equality at uh, gender equality so that we make the same amount of money as men do. We're making 78 cents on the dollar that we are getting hit and we're getting killed and we are getting getting beaten and abused and exploited and women contribute to that. And that's why this raised my eyebrows, this particular situation. But I also then told this woman, I said, I don't know, I'm not so sure. You can't believe everything you hear or read, right? And you think maybe she just caught the guy with his pants down and so she's trying to save face. There's so much that can go on here and I kind of equate it to like, Baskin Robbins. There's 31 different flavors of what could be going on here. Exactly. And you just don't know. And I'm sure if it's if it's in the situation you've suggested that the other woman is maybe enabling her her you know beloved to do this and to catfish. I don't and maybe she good. doesn't feel good about herself. Maybe her self esteem is down, or her sexual self esteem, or maybe she's trying to keep him, desperate to keep him. She'll do anything to promote. Exactly. You know, she, she like you don't know. A, a willing or unwilling participant, but she's really not thinking of any of these high noble thoughts of, you know, the sisterhood, as you put it. No. <laughs> but, you know, and, and you can't really get too deep into the mindset of the other person, but for anyone out there who's in that dating cycle uh, and using social media and social networks is, again, protect yourselves, 
by by sharing as much as you you feel to make you know to make that connection. But at some point, there has to be that real world connection. But it's unbelievable how many people I, I've not necessarily met, but through research, found that they equate communicating by text message or by social networks, uh, either through texting or through through even sexting or photos. That is a relationship, and I think that in most most of us will say that's not really a relationship. That's that's a, a an odd pen pal. That's right. It's certainly not a relationship. So I think our terms are getting marred. I think it's our, how we use the language and the terms, and uh, I think we're just relying way too much on the technology. Uh, as opposed to the good old-fashioned uh, go out for a dinner and a movie. Exactly. I always uh, suggest to people to go out and actually meet real people. Um, but, you know, this whole thing about flirting versus texting versus sexting, you know, um, there, there's the, the lines are blurred, as you say, you know, um, and and what is safe and what is okay. I mean, I always, never suggest to send a photograph, never a good idea, um, especially to somebody that you don't know. Uh, but just say no. You know, that's it. Anyway, um, but Dave, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, you know, your expertise is amazing. We'll have to have you back because this is how 65 to 70 percent of people are meeting is online. Anyway, Dave of Dave.ca Communications, good luck on the uh, on the air and on all the media outlets that you're on. You're going to be doing a great service, great community service to people. Oh, and so are you, Maureen. Thank you very much for having me on the program. Oh, thanks, and, and Dave. happy sexting to you this, this next week. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to go for a break. Luke, meet. Okay, when we go for a break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to wind up the show. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Oh, I think the mic was on. No, I'm not the least bit shy. Anyway, um, we were talking about uh, sexting and all this kind of thing, and uh, I I think a lot of sex addicts are out there doing it. And um, so some of the characteristics of sex addicts online are that they will choose incredibly intelligent women, number one. This is first and foremost. It's like they get a rush out of pulling it over on an erudite. The other characteristic of sex addicts or those creeps on the other end of the text is that they never give away personal information. So the second they give away personal information, you know you got them. They tell you that they're bike riding or if they tell you that they're, you know, food shopping even or they're buying a new car. No way. Don't believe it. Um, because you either got someone else on the line because they do not do that. Anyway, um, and the stories don't add up. That's something else. They follow women online as well, and they are conveniently uh, text. Uh, right after a picture may have been posted. And, of course, we're posting pictures left, right, and center these days. I'm guilty of it myself. Anyway, um, so be careful. That's all I can say. Be careful out there um, for, of these guys who desperately want to meet you, compliment you over and over again, and even go so far as to send you gifts and flowers. Send them back is my advice. Anyway, I don't have much to- too much time to tell you where I'm going to be, but Tuesday I'm going to be at the Terminal City Club talking workplace, bullying, sexual harassment, leadership as well. November 3rd, the door to the pelvic floor, a night for physiotherapists. I'm talking at the Steveston Moms Network on November 5th. I'm really happy about that. Marriage and the kids, how young couples can keep the spice alive in their relationship once the kids and the dual income get in the way on October 28th, I'm heading to Winnipeg to talk about chronic health conditions and sexuality. November 8th, I'm going to be in Toronto with Dr. Marla Shapiro at the Toronto Women's Health and Wellness Show on the main stage at 2 p.m. If you're going to be in Toronto on November 15th, I'm going up to the UBC. Oh, and you know how I feel about oh. Anyway, uh, Norm Letnick, MLA, has invited me to go speak up there. Go visit my website, www.drthebed.com. 
www.backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter where I educate about all this stuff at Back the Number Two, The Bedroom. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. I'm Maureen McGrath. Until next week, happy sexting. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.